So hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the fifth episode of uh, the Lockdown Conversations, uh, the show where during the lockdown, we deconstruct the key fundamentals around topics that matter by interviewing the best in the business. Uh, this place is uh, to unite uh, and inspire, like I said. Uh, my name is uh, Pratik Gandhi and with me is Yogesh Gandhi. Uh, Hello. We both uh, are taking chair with four amazing individuals today. And uh, let me introduce, uh, on the community side of the spectrum, we've got two amazing uh, community stalwarts, uh, Nicolette Orlemans. Uh, she's joining us from New York City. Uh, Nicolette is a very good friend of mine. Uh, she's a social media manager at Audible, founder at Culture Trap. She's built online communities across industries, uh, including healthcare, e-commerce, uh, travel, uh, a lot more. I've been part of uh, the travel community of Nicolette. Uh, she's originally from uh, Netherlands uh, and now settled in the U.S. And uh, yeah, uh, and this is, uh, I mean, we, we're really happy to have you, uh, Nicolette. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here and be part of the conversation with everyone. Yep. And thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, for, for those uh, who don't know, uh, New York City as of today has, I mean, uh, has the highest number of COVID cases uh, so Nicolette, uh, if you can share, like, I mean, I don't know, uh, like how you are holding up, what's the ground reality and, and what can you tell others in terms of being mindful? Yeah, so I actually, uh, full disclosure, I left the city beginning of April. Um, I'm actually with my parents in North Carolina, but I'm very much in touch with people all over the city. I have friends in Brooklyn. I normally live in Queens um, and I'm trying to keep tabs on just making sure everyone's holding up okay. Um, I think people are trying to, you know, find some kind of silver lining in really hard times and be positive, but, you know, some days are going to be better than others. Um, but I think what I've noticed among my friends is a lot of resiliency and creative approaches to how they're, you know, spending their time and really connecting with people in the community. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know, good, good. You uh, made the move. I mean, that that was yeah, very good. Awesome. Uh, next up, uh, we have uh, Pratima Tiwari, who's joining us for the third time on Lockdown Conversation. Uh, so this is uh, she's kind of an ambassador for us, if I can say that. <laughs> uh, and and this episode uh, is actually uh, her uh, brainchild. Uh, so. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Pratima. No, and, and thank you. I mean, thank you for actually going ahead with it because it, <laughs> this is such an open platform. I just, I love the energy that you guys bring. So why yeah. not? I mean, and my head is filled with ideas. So you will get more. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Pratima, she's she's done. Uh, she does a lot of things. Uh, freelance content writer, fitness blogger. Uh, you should check dumblesanddrama.com. Uh, that's where she writes everything. Uh, published in like top publications in India. Uh, she started blogging as a hobby, now turned into a profession and now focused on content creation. She's uh, worked with top fitness brands uh, in India, like I said, and uh, today she's a content creator uh, at uh, Team Pixel by Google. And yeah, she's also venturing out into a lot of things. Maybe she can touch upon that uh, once, uh, yeah, once we head in. Welcome back, uh, Pratima. Thank you. Thank you once again for having me here. <laughs> Great. On the technology side of the spectrum, uh, we've got uh, 
again, two amazing uh, uh, tech stalwarts, uh, starting with uh, Mr. Chetan Inda, uh, who's joining us from Mumbai. Uh, he's the CEO and founder at Qualify, a voice-powered talent acquisition platform. Uh, Chetan, sir, has worked extensively in the US, UK, and around the world. He's uh, had senior management roles at uh, big, uh, I mean, large Indian business houses like Birla, Mahindra, and LNT. Uh, he founded his first company in 92 and sold it successfully. And after 18 years in corporate, uh, he got back to entrepreneurship. Chetan, sir, honored to have you today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Uh, just one point I'd like to make, Pratik, that I'm not yet knighted by the Queen of England, so you need not call me, sir. You can be called, <laughs> you can call me Chetan. <laughs> okay, that's a matter of time, Chetan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and finally, uh, we've got John Vijay Bhaskar, who's uh, joining us from Chennai. Uh, John is the director at MVG Digital Consulting Private Limited, a company uh, started to help global corporates uh, transform their businesses uh, through digital digital technologies, acquire new customers, optimize business processes and operations, and so on. He's got 20 years of uh, uh, technology, digital technology experience uh, with AI uh, to transform sales, marketing, and customer experience. Uh, his area of expertise include cloud, mobile, uh, web, ERP, managed services. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of things. Uh, he was among the first to sell SAP adapter uh, completely online using internet market uh, marketing uh, is, is what it was called back then. Uh, and get listed on, let's say, Gartner, uh, like Gartner-like reports. Uh, he set up and led uh, mobile uh, web teams uh, focused entirely on open source software, and has has been, like I said, has been involved in amazing uh, tech projects. Uh, John, glad to have you here. Welcome uh, to the show. Thank you so much, Pratik. You know, when you read it out for a second, I was thinking, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I just love the uh, uh, the energy here. And I love the fact that, you know, all of us come from extremely different uh, and diverse backgrounds. Some of them, some of us kind of overlap. Some of us come from, you know, radically different backgrounds. And it's just amazing uh, to see a truly collaborative spirit uh, at play here. And, uh, you know, go team. I'm really pumped up to be here. Awesome. So yeah, the topic for today is uh, digital wings to remold businesses during this uh, crisis. Uh, how with the usage of digital and uh, like businesses can uh, essentially revitalize uh, the efforts in making an impact. Uh, the situation that we are in at the moment is unprecedented in a lot of ways. Uh, governments uh, like healthcare institutions around the world are working tirelessly towards finding a solution to this virus. Uh, from the frontline workers to the community heroes, uh, everyone is making that effort. Uh, and while this is happening, there is uh, tremendous pressure uh, on, let's say, uh, businesses uh, in terms of uh, the uncertainty. Uh, I mean, and, and not just in one region, this is like a global thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, some things that have uh, kind of panned out uh, in the last, I don't know, like a, a week or two, unemployment claims uh, in the U.S. itself have gone to 26 million. Uh, that's that's a huge number. Uh, it's an all-time high. Uh, crude oil has dipped minus 110% just last week. 
there are layoffs happening around the world. Uh, there are like really bad things happening. But uh, and, and while the countries are essentially uh, coming up with, let's say, stimulus packages, not everyone is at the mercy of printing money to save their economy. I, unless there is an account of how the money is getting printed in some digital format, uh, this is essentially getting worse. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, today we will essentially unpack uh, how businesses, startups, uh, uh, like small, medium enterprises, uh, companies can position themselves uh, in the downturn. What lies ahead in terms of tech and community? Uh, and some ideas how you can rejuvenate our businesses without getting in the trap of, let's say, like a single point of failure, because uh, there are multiple avenues and digital is one of the biggest avenues that we can, we can actually think of. So we really don't want uh, like uh, businesses uh, to, to uh, like not focus on, on uh, what, what's going to happen in terms of, let's say, customers not buying their products right now. There are a lot of other things that you can do than just sales or then just uh, demand generation. So yeah, with that, uh, uh, I'd like to kick off uh, with, uh, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things that we, we are wanting to cover in this. Uh, there's, there's a business case uh, essentially for people in the audience uh, who probably want to like uh, understand how this is actually going to uh, be a, how, how this is essentially going to be a playbook for them rather than just uh, random ideas that, that can help uh, them to uh, kind of survive this uh, path. So there will be a use case uh, for a Bob or an Alice who uh, holds uh, like a small business. But before going into that use case, uh, Chetan, I'd like to get you in, in terms of understanding, uh, like, I mean, yes, there's a lot that we can do on the business side of things, but uh, can we talk about like the impact uh, right now? Uh, can we talk about the survivability of businesses right now? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, today we are in two scenarios. One is the pre-COVID scenario, and as I call it, or uh, in the midst of the COVID scenario, and then post-COVID scenario. In the pre-COVID or the current scenario, what's really happening is the uncertainty is, is at the play here, and the severity of that uncertainty is unknown. Um, so, so there's hardly anything controllable. So the only thing uh, that you can control is... Uh, can you save the money because you aren't generating any income? So can you optimize your fixed cost? So can you, um, you know, uh, can you conserve the cash? So now, now when you look at fixed cost, typically for a small business, it's uh, typically the rent, the salary, and any interest if they're paying, if they're on debt. Uh, now, given that rent is uh, almost a sunken cost and it and talk to your landlords and ask them if you can waive off the rent, whether you can renegotiate the rent or, or eventually even terminate the rent. And, and uh, today being uh, work from home being the new norm, I think uh, you may just not need the office. And uh, so that's one of the things. On the salaries front, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think uh, uh, harsh calls have to be taken. Because the revenue decline because of lockdown, but even going forward for the next three to six months, we aren't going to expect any income coming in. So, so the salaries of the key people that you want to retain still need to be reduced. So uh, people are uh, targeting 30 to 50% of uh, you know, salary cuts that are happening. Uh, some organizations are going below that and saying that, okay, I'll incentivize you. If you are in a position to generate 
uh, revenue or generate cash for the company, we can incentivize you very, very uh, attractively. So these are some of the approaches that, uh, you know, businesses like us, small businesses are doing that. And uh, that's, the, that's the biggest uh, focus of the day for any uh, business owner. Now, having said this, uh, you know, what are we going to do post-COVID when the market opens out? Because we are in an uncertain domain, it could be a V recovery, wherein just after the May 3rd, which is in India, that... Uh, you know, recovery, which could take six months to really, you know, uh, stabilize. Uh, so in that case, what we are doing today and we're utilizing this time is to identify what are we good at? What is it? What's our core strength? Where is Where do we have our unfair advantage? Can we do a service with our existing customers and find out, is this core strength relevant to you? And if can we do further to make it relevant? And would you for it? I think this is an exercise that my into the last 15, uh, almost uh, 20 days now, and we've actually identified uh, a particular. So that is something that I'm going to be prepared going out when the lockdown opens in the hope that at least we made some, uh, you know, calculated call in terms of what the market may be needing. Uh, so that's, that's something uh, on the post COVID front that we're doing. And uh, I'll just end up end that uh, uh, by saying that we, I, I saw a beautiful ad by a local gym, uh, a gymnasium ad, which, which you, would, you wouldn't expect anybody to do. But I think I saw a great one, actually uh, had a great copy. And it said that uh, a, a, a man with a huge tummy and it said, don't worry, we will. And they've actually. With a live trainer, uh, with the you know make your make yourself keto diet. So this is what people are doing, and I think this is what needs to be done. Chetan, I'm I'm going to be um, I'm going to ask you to repeat that because you know just at the juiciest part of you telling what that copy <laughs> was about, um, there was you know a bit of an audio loss. So what uh, was that? Uh, mistake, yeah. What was the copy in the newspapers you said again? Uh, sorry, in the in the advertisement. Yeah, so, so the, the ad was for a gym, for a local gym, and, and it said uh, with an image of a, a man in a profile with worry. So, uh, and they've actually launched an application saying that while you're sitting at home, we will have a live trainer working with you every hour, every day. Will help you, uh, you know, yeah. exercise a bit, reduce reducing your tummy, along with make your own keto diet. I think that's a fantastic service offering, and I'm sure yeah. they're going to get some subscribers who will eventually go and and join their gym later when it opens. Nice one. I think uh, this is something that Pratima will identify a lot with yeah. uh, this kind of thinking of fitness enthusiast. Um, Pratima, what would you like to add on, on, on that kind of approach by gymnasiums and small businesses? In fact, I, I mean, I've seen so many um, gyms, fitness spaces and even personal trainers go online. And um, I was reading this case on LinkedIn the other day where there, there was this trainer who only took uh, paid online sessions or paid sessions, basically personal training sessions. And since the lockdown, 
he started sharing a lot of information for free on his profile he did that for around uh, one month and then he announced a course a paid paid course and he got signups and he was able to get a very very huge amount of uh, income it's because he did that whole trust building exercise for one month consistently posting things about nutrition fitness all of that online so it's really important for um, you know this particular industry i mean in like the fitness industry i feel there's so much potential because i see this entire situation of social distancing going on for at least for the next 3 4 months at least i mean people are going to be a little hesitant so yeah i've seen i mean a lot of them online So I think instead of being bogged down by this as an adversity, people have sort of converted that into yeah. an opportunity. And some of the online ways that people have now discovered recently, I probably think that wouldn't have uh, been discovered, you know, if this weren't to happen. Exactly. To be honest with you, we wouldn't be talking today <laughs> if yeah. the lockdown yeah, wasn't exactly. there, you know. And and Zoom wouldn't be the thing that it is. So I think um, people have responded positively to it to an extent. And then you know. Um, while it's easy to imagine that it's all doom and gloom um you can always sort of credit humans to come up with something ingenuine during toughest uh, toughest of times uh, to find that real hope from somewhere uh you know uh, yogesh to add to this uh, you know i have a very uh, a small uh, vignette here uh, my daughter learns classical dance right which is bharatanatyam uh, in case uh, for all of you who don't know is that, that mandatory in dance south in india know? there's just one classical dance and it's bharatanatyam you know so usually that's how it goes uh, but you know they they're a highly traditional uh, go by the books highly structured kind of um, environment both from the perspective of teaching because there's a lot of uh, you know structure in it because it's a very ancient form of uh, dance uh, and the second thing is you know the uh, the the teaching till date is you know pretty much face to face right there's no question of you uh, you know hanging out in your house and the teacher comes to your house and all that it's pretty much you go to the uh, school and then you go there and you learn and you learn face to face right and uh, the funny thing is uh, once we got this uh, you know this uh, so called covid thing happened uh, the funny thing was her classes continued you know a couple mm. of teachers kind of moved on to imo they tried out zoom they tried out a few things still you know they they figured out what worked for them and the best thing is a whole bunch of people who until about 6 months back you wouldn't be you wouldn't be catching them dead doing something in front of yeah. a computer because it went against their very essence of teaching Yeah. and you uh, suddenly found that whole bunch of people and uh, i uh, you know kind of uh, peeked into my daughter's class i mean i have strict instructions not to you know enter the room also because in case i disturb her but i saw about a good 12 to 14 kids um you know working out together doing the warm ups together and this is just that phone there and you know they had three different levels of teachers teaching and uh, it was amazing to see a, such a traditional uh, you know community of people uh, to kind of open themselves up and say hey you know what let's get on to the uh, digital bandwagon and and i'm sure there's going to be tons of uh, you know paradigm changes moving forward because i don't see people moving back from this because once you've done it uh, you know you've made it work so uh, you know we 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 could be definitely looking at some radical uh, uh, transformation in some very traditional industries which we couldn't even imagine uh, you know digital being used 
Thanks, John, for that. Um, so, uh, Pratik, do you do you want to so, sort of open it out? You know, there are two elements. So, when we are responding to a crisis, one obviously is the survival and the instincts of you know um, sort of innovating in the moment and seeing you know can I stay afloat? And Chetan obviously spoke of the operational uh, challenges, um, but then again, how you can still manage to do it, right? One of the other things which I feel is critical during these times is you're going to struggle. And I think, you know, uh, Nicolette, at the start of the session, you did say, you know, there are good days and there are not so good days. And I feel that is where you actually, you know, the value of the community um, becomes so much more invaluable, you know, when people can stand up for each other and can support each other. So in these times, you know, what kind of steps can, you know, these businesses actually take? to gain support from their own community, you know, sort of a peer network of sorts, you know. So when it comes to John and Chetan, I'd say, you know, your own, you know, let's say the the founder network um, or, you know, Nicolette from your your tribe perspective, right? Uh, getting support from people uh, in your networks as such, right? So how are you actually taking those steps and, and what are you observing on that front? So I think from a brand and community perspective, it's been... Um, for me, it's two pronged because I so I'm a, I do social media at Audible, which is an audiobook company, and I also have my own community, which Pratik talked about um, in the travel space. So I've really been leaning in, kind of on the voice of the community, which means for a brand, it's really leaning in on your social platforms and looking at you know, what type of user generated content am I seeing? Mm. And how can I highlight the voices of my fans? How can I highlight voices of influencers? How can I look at people that are talking about my brand? And I'm really leaning in on that moving away from overly salesy or um, promotional items and really looking at ways that you can open conversations with members of your community and lean in on that. So it's been huge looking at, as I said, UGC has been a huge thing uh, for brands to look at how are we highlighting what our fans are doing. If your, fan, if your social media followers are already using your product, you know, this is now a time to be listening to them and asking them for feedback as a brand you know, about what they want to be listening to or hearing about more from you as a brand. I've seen other brands do things like Instagram uh, live opportunities where they're highlighting their mm -hmm. products in that way. A lot of beauty brands, for example, are doing, you know, how to's and they've pulled their uh, community. They've pulled their social media followers and asked them, what do you want to hear of about, you know, from us right now at this time? So I think it's really important to listen, mm -hmm. be mindful of what you're posting. Um, really looking at as a social me from a social media perspective, you're posting cadence and making mm -hmm. sure you're not as a brand overwhelming people with too much. Um, but staying authentic to your brand as well, like really understanding your core values as a business and while you may pivot a little bit in what you post or the content types that you post, I would suggest experimenting a bit as well. As you get feedback from your community, experiment with new content types. If you haven't done Instagram Live before, maybe think about it now. If you haven't mm -hmm. done you know, a community conversation before, right now is a prime time to be thinking about things like that and kind of testing it and seeing you know, how it goes. 
Yeah, uh, I think that that's a great insight. Uh, and and uh, Nicolette, uh, since uh, you like build, uh, you're building this travel community. Uh, I think uh, there's no other industry that has or, or that is getting hit uh, like really hard uh, than travel right now. So what is uh, the kind of uh, uh, like uh, the kind of sense uh, in the community right now? Like what what are, what are people talking about? Yeah, it's been really interesting, especially in my community, which is full of travel bloggers, photographers, freelancers creating content for tourism destinations, um, really thinking about how they're pivoting that content. And um, I've seen a lot of interesting local focused stuff, like even leaning in on, you know, this is happening in our own backyard right now and kind of looking at you know, telling those stories, local stories of what's happening in my community. How are people um, staying motivated? What ways can people uh, keep that sense of normalcy or positivity? Um, I've, I've seen a lot and heard a lot of travel bloggers and I think bloggers in general looking at things like, you know, obviously their website traffic is down because people aren't searching for travel destinations or travel tips at this time but there are ways to maybe revamp, you know, older content or update on your site, thinking of different ways that you can give value to people mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of not being afraid to lean in on the times that we're in right now, uh, but being, being sensitive and being mindful of how you're positioning the messaging. Um, and I think, you know, for now also an important point that Pratik brought up is, uh, unemployment rates are sky high. So people are being really creative now with possibly figuring out new income channels and new ways to kind of get their voice out into the world and, and new business initiatives. Um, so I think it's, it's gonna, it's a period of adjustment. It's a period of, you know, staying true again, staying true to who your brand is, but, mm -hmm figuring out new ways of, of kind of getting the messaging out. Yep. Very true. So, Nicolette, I have a small thing that I uh, wanted to kind of, uh, you know, check with you on, right? Yep. Um, this is based on, uh, you know, the current uh, statistic, right? That we have close to about 60% of global traffic right now, which is just going through mobile devices and only, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, how do you see the, uh, you know, impact of the next generation consumers? Like you would see, you know, uh, there are a bunch of people like, you know, yeah. typically guys like me with white beards and, you know, maybe Chetan, Jogesh is not included. Uh, you know, there, there are a, there, there is a clear demographic of people who aren't that comfy with um, mobiles. Uh, there is a clear demographic of the next set, uh, you know, case in point, you guys, uh, you know, who are very comfortable with mobiles. And then there is the next demographic of the next bunch of people, like say my daughter, who's very comfortable with voice, right? Mm. Uh, they're very open to using voice-based services. They're very open to using Alexas. They, they, they talk to their, you know, my, my daughter, if you leave her, she's going to start talking to the door saying, hey, open up. Because you know? <laughs> they're pretty much born on, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they use a mobile device also with voice commands, right? And we're looking at Google saying that, you know, there's more than 50% of all the searches are going to be uh, by voice. Uh, so mm -hmm. what do you, what do you think about that? You know, the, how do you think this, uh, 
move to mobile, this move to voice, how is it going to affect uh, building the community and how is it going to affect marketing messages going out to different people? Yeah, and I think I'd be interested to hear what Pratima thinks of, of this as well uh, from a community perspective. Um, I've seen a lot of, you know, TikTok has... TikTok has always has been queued mm. last, I don't know how many months, but I've seen people creating content on there. And initially I, my thought was, wow, there's, it's, it skews a lot younger than uh, the demographic that maybe some brands want to target. But there's, there's people across the board, whether it's kids or like older uh, generation on TikTok now as well. I think it's, Again, my advice would be for people that maybe aren't super comfortable with these platforms right now, again, right now is a good time to create an account, kind of experiment on, on your own. If you're worried about what you're you know, posting or something, there, there's privacy settings that you can play with, I'm sure, but just getting yourself familiar with it or and or leaning on people uh, in your community that are already creating that kind of content and highlighting that content. So as a business owner, you already have a lot to focus on on your own and social media and building community is a job in and of itself. So I would highlight um, that user generated content. I would tap into voices of, of um, the people that you're seeing online and really focusing on that. And on your own, I would play around with these networks and kind of familiarize yourself with them. Because so, um, I think that's the best way to kind of learn and see what's what's available for a business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Chetan, you want to weigh in a little on this? Because I'm sure Chetan will have a couple of cool things to give us about voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking... Uh, about what I could say there. Uh, our product is a voice-based product and uh, and yes, indeed, we are uh, <clears throat> integrating Alexa and uh, Google uh, Assistant as part of our product where our users can actually tell what the product needs to do and uh, using NLP, we'll actually you know execute those commands. Uh, so we are doing that in our product, uh, but essentially we are a B2B product company, so our focus is to satisfy large enterprise users and um, yeah but having said that it's it's uh, like you said uh, rightly so earlier i am a gray bearded guy and uh, i I'd, I'd let my tech team build uh, what's needed by the market and i'll only just study the market so uh, i essentially uh, still um, the generation x so to say so so i'm getting there uh, uh, I'm trying my hands on learning how to edit videos and create your YouTube videos and post them. And so, so I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's, that's, that's good to know. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I want to segue a bit, uh, like, uh, to the use case, uh, uh scenario. Uh, let's say Bob is running a business. He's, uh, the business owner, uh, and, and how does he kind of, uh, navigate through this? Uh, so John, do you want to kickstart uh, with that? Right. Uh, so uh, we basically, when we look at, uh, you know, uh, into, just take off from where Chetan was talking about, you know, whether it is B2B or B2C, and uh, we're talking about small businesses, 
who, who have either a product that they have a single or you know just a, a couple of product lines or they have a service like a small cafe they're running a restaurant whatever the case might be uh, and we're looking at small uh, businesses they're going to be one is first like what uh, Chetan mentioned this how they cut their costs, how they, you know, how close they can cut to the bone is what we're looking at, right? Right, right now, that's going to be the immediate thing. Uh, but the second most important thing is going to be also acquisition of new customers, right? Because whatever said and done, that can't really stop. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying slowly. You know, it's at the end of the day. Um, the community or the customer experience, like how does the customer perceive you? What kind of mindshare can you get off, uh, you know, your customer base or the newer customer base that you're kind of going at, like what I mentioned, uh, saying that, you know, they now you have clear demographics of people who are on voice, people who are on just mobiles, uh, people who are just on TikTok, you know, whatever the case might be. And then there are, of course, people like us who still use the traditional means, right? So uh, in these three uh, aspects, which is, uh, you know, optimizing your cost, reducing cost, cutting as close to the bone as possible, uh, sharing all kinds of fat. Uh, second is growing with a new customer segment, figuring out your new stuff, you know, where, where your new people are, where are the people, anything, customer experience, what kind of mind share are you going to be grabbing? At this point, when there's so many other people who are going to be online, uh, how do you kind of stand out? Like to just put a small point is, uh, you know, when G and Ford have kind of come together to say that, hey guys, you know what? Forget mm. cars. We're going to make mm. ventilators. You know, uh, the kind of positivity, the kind of, uh, uh, you know, the kind of uh, brand feeling that users would get, you know, to be associated with a company which traditionally builds cars. But hey, they're like, you know, potentially they're saying, you know what, we're going to leave that and we're going to save lives. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you can't you can't imagine the kind of groundswell of uh, positive uh, brand reactions that you're going to be kind of uh, getting with that. Right. So I think it will be very essential uh, on how the, uh, uh, you know, the small business owner addresses these three major points uh, kind of uh, moving forward. Uh, so I think I think Pratima and Nicolette can say a lot about uh, messaging. Uh, you know, I, Nicolette already spoke about messaging, uh, different types of messaging to different communities, and uh, you know, uh, definitely message. You know, sending out. You know, trying to attract the next generation of users, the users who uh, who would have been traditionally mm. your customers, and then you know, if you're willing to get out of your sort of uh, comfort zone and you're willing to try out small stuff uh, why don't you try out a new like I, I gave you the example of the classical dances in India right why don't you try out something new and then before you know it you have this whole new bunch of people yes. who've never kind of heard of you and then you're talking to them and you're saying hey guys you know what uh, you know I'm here I can do all of this and if you are interested you know why don't you get onto it? And it's a, uh, you know, it's a complete blue ocean strategy in that case because you're you're going out of your traditional, you know, milieu, so to speak, and you're just getting into this entire uh, new segment. So uh, maybe Pratima, you can Pratima and Pratik can kind of weigh in on this and you know talk a little on how uh, you know this paradigm is going to work of you know attracting you know new customers from different bases, right, different communities. 
So, so Fatima, um, you want to go for it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm handling a wide range of clients. Um, there's someone from travel, someone from there's somebody in the B two B space. A lot of clients in food, in beauty. Um, there are also a few personal accounts. And I've realized. I mean, we are all very different clients. But I've realized one thing. As of today, the tone of communication is almost the same for all because everybody has it. Everybody is leaning towards empathy, but in their own style. Nice so, one. And what's happening is um, in all of this, like in all these different uh, clients, what's happening is there's one. Um, you know, I have this process set where either late on Friday night or really early on Monday morning, I sit and do a review of the week, and we kind of find out what. Um, I mean, so so these are all. I mean, I'm talking about the Indian market for whichever client this is. So I see what worked in India, in terms of okay, were people expecting more of, you know, memes? Were people trying to talk about self care now? For people talking about, I mean, how to contribute. Like you know, there's a general emotion, and um, that's that's the kind of um, you know. I'm, I'm working weekly, and then I realize that you know what? Okay, so now people are kind of opening up to lives. So now I think, I mean, I'm getting a little more aggressive with my lives. People before this were probably you know. Um, they were probably just talking about say self care so our and this messaging is true for all the clients and i feel i mean at a time like this doing that weekly review has mm. helped me a lot but i also feel uh, you know like uh, as john was saying it's opened up so much um, you know so many newer avenues yeah. suddenly you realize that you know we were not so um, okay i did face a lot of um, i mean i had a few clients stop work absolutely i mean completely because um, they're like, okay, fine. This this is not on. The service is not on. Why do we post? And I mean, I took my time to explain. But the thing is, it's convincing them is not just a one conversation job. I think they have to see mm. a lot of examples. So I mean, I tried that, but that's okay. I mean, I understand. It's also a thing with budgets. Now, what again? Another thing that I'm doing is I'm doing a lot of. Um, I wouldn't say pro bono, but you know, just a little creative work, little out of the box thinking. Because I mean, I understand that you know you have that certain, um, you know, retainer to work with. But these are not times when you stick to okay. I won't do anything other than this, you know. So I feel. I mean, I've also been giving a lot of one-on-ones to my clients, saying that you know this is why we should be doing this. So stuff like that, educating the client too. And next thing you know, we have gone from just being say somebody about like you know only about. Um, Beauty or food to somehow getting travel, travel as a lifestyle, and imagine like talking about travel as in in these times. I mean, we're still doing all of that because people want to see this. Um, bingo picked up really well, I think in the next two weeks, and uh, I tried that on my personal profile, and I'm seeing the results. I'm seeing the conversations. I'm seeing the followers, and I'm seeing the reach. And I think, I mean. These are the kind of things that, and again, I think this has happened because of the weekly practice, and mm. because I work with my clients that way, I get ideas for myself, try them out, you know. So I think I've reached that stage, but I feel it's very important to think out of the box now. I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm not concentrating on selling anything right now at all. 
Interesting. Yeah, just build on that, you know, thinking outside of the box uh, for at least small businesses. So just around where I live, there is an Indian curry place. Um, and usually you, you get curry places, they get busy in the evenings, right? They're obviously clientele going in the evening. But now because of the lockdown, the restaurant is practically shut. And the only thing they can do is delivery. So yes. this went on for two weeks, which meant, you know, the restaurant had its usual oper- uh, operational expenditure, but had no customers to serve directly. So yesterday when I was walking past the same, uh, you know, restaurant, I saw that converted their entire, um, you know, front dining area to a fruit and vegetable uh, kiosk. And they put um, a discount board outside saying all the NHS staff will get 30% discount uh, on your fruit and veg. And, you know, rest of the people who live in the um, locality can buy fruit and vegetables at uh, sort of, you know, the, the usual rates you would associate. And this was a restaurant sort of thinking on its feet saying yeah. now because people are in a lockdown and don't want to go to supermarkets where there is a chance that they might actually acquire the virus being in a mob and things like that we can serve the local community we can repurpose our business for the time being but by doing that some of the people who would have never gone into that restaurant yeah are now going to go there going to find out as to you know what they usually serve yeah. in terms of their menu and what's the business like and uh, when things change and when they go back to being the restaurant they are, they're actually going to find new customers because, you know, uh, how they thought of the situation and, and, you know, how they actually came up with a new offering, a relevant one during that that period of time. So that was, again, you know, a small business thinking on its feet, using the empathy, using the opportunity and taking yeah. it in their stride, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Yogesh, that's like a fantastic point that you made. I mean, of course, Pratima uh, has already mentioned this, but the point that you made was fantastic. And, uh, you know, it brings us neatly into the the first part, right, which is about uh, one is, uh, you know, what are you doing uh, to, you know, make sure you uh, seamlessly transition your digital and your offline image, right? So, which you mentioned, he's done it brilliantly, right? Uh, we also have, I have an example of another restauranter who has uh, till date been very uh, against kind of uh, bringing in deliveries and, you know, because they always felt that they were a touch and feel kind of a place. Uh, but when they found, you know, they heard their customers asking them saying, guys, uh, we love your food. Is there any way you can get it to us? And, uh, you know, then they said, Achha, you know, there's so many people who are asking for it. Uh, so they kind of uh, took it seriously and they're uh, looking at building a small, there's a small digital plugin, which is available, mm. right? Which basically can allow people to place orders. That's all, you know, and people can come and pick it up or, you know, they have signed up with a local delivery partner to kind of deliver it, right? Mm. So uh, just a small thing like that, just a small a bit of digital, which they incorporated has now gotten them into the, other bunch of people who are also there in the same yeah. building and, you know, who are suddenly seeing this coming there and they're like, Hey, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, realize that this was also served here. And then next thing, you know, like your case, uh, you know, people got to know a newer set of people got to know, uh, with just a small little bit of, uh, you know, Tweaks one is mindset change. And then, yeah, yes. yeah. Repurposing. So, the thing, yeah. Brilliant. You know, if I have to, if I have to ask you all, right. And, and, and each one of you, just one sort of a digital or technology that you'd want businesses to sort of, you know, think of and consider for future today, right? And I'll start uh, with, let's say, you know, Nicolette, one technology, simple, 
think today for your future tomorrow in that in that way i will go around uh, with all four of you in terms of you know what technology uh, or or digital aspect for businesses would you really pick up on and advise nicola do you want to go um, so i think i think social media is a huge huge opportunity for any business no matter how big small starting out mm -hmm. um if you're already if you've already been in business uh, I think one kind of unifying way across your social channels to get conversations going or, or keep them going is to have, um, so I think a hashtag is a very basic thing or basic mm -hmm. example of how a business can lean on conversations and, and, and see what people are talking about. I think social listening is an underutilized thing yeah. sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, brands, businesses just think about, oh, I just have to post stuff on social and hopefully people will find it and, you know, maybe they'll respond, but there has to be more of a strategy. There has to be um, real careful listening to what your audience is telling you. And something else that I've heard brands lean in on are, are even polling or surveying their audiences mm. and asking them, what what pain points are you dealing with as a customer what is something you know that uh you're struggling with right now uh kind of leaning in on a few people's comments free content free demos um yeah. as much as you can without you know it obviously hurting your bottom line but offering some type of a free analysis a free um something free that can help your customer in the long run, like thinking of it more of a long-term thing, but I would really lean on social media at this time. And like I said, there's an opportunity now to really listen to feedback, create content that your audiences want to hear and you are the experts in your given fields. So really leaning in on that and giving the audience what it wants in the process. So social listening is, I think, you know, one of the big things that I take away also um, that, you know, giving up some part of your time as an investment for your future in that sense, you know, is, is, is what you would recommend. I'll come to you, John, now and ask you in terms of your big technology digital bet for businesses. Um, what, what, what could that be one area? Obviously, it's challenging. You, right. You've done a, a wide field. So, you know, it's, it's not easy to pick one thing. Uh, but if you had to, then what could that be? See, I would, um, in fact, uh, you know, I'm sure Chetan will also agree with this. I have, uh, since I've done work both on the corporate side as well as, you know, with the smaller startups in the last couple of years, uh, I would say that the biggest bet for the future is no UI, right? Anything without UI, mm. uh, which basically could be a voice. Um, I would bet big on voice because I would say that the next uh, five years, uh, we will, uh, next two, three years, we will hit the tipping point. And then we're looking at basically, I mean, you can forget your Apple watches. Uh, I mean, forget your Apple phones or, you know, we're going to look at pretty much voice activated everything, right? Uh, right. One is uh, why I believe so strongly in this is uh, an Alexa device that was released just a couple of years ago, right? Um, my daughter, who is about eight years old, is comfortable using it. Uh, my mother, hmm. who's about, uh, you know, pushing 70, is comfortable using it. Our maid is comfortable using it, right? Uh, a guy sitting in Rajasthan 
in uh, you know just knowing the rudimentary uh, the basics of english is able to use it to navigate right nice. and when you have a technology that brings so many different types of users together that kind of blurs the demographic boundary right and today uh, if you see uh, you know i'm sure chetan you all will remember the old nokia phones where you had to really you know slam it before it kind of worked right and you had like one game and you had four bits of color which was like big stuff for us uh, but from there uh to migrating to you know thinking that the blackberry and we had arrived to the iphones to go you know where there's no touchpad at all and think of all the people who migrated uh, did that journey the laggards who did it right and today you see the laggards are the ones who are adopting the fastest to voice yeah. because at the end of the day it's completely natural for us to just talk to things so i i am going to be putting all uh i'm going to be going all in for voice and we have done a couple of uh, a couple of uh, you know pocs right i'm talking about big industries like yeah. i'm talking about big names where we are looking at voice activated journeys for just reading out dashboard data it could be as simple as your salesforce data and uh, or it could be just uh, you know it could be a plant report saying what's your daily production so mm. while you're traveling to you know office you just dial into your phone and say you know you get authenticated with your voice print and it directly takes you in and says okay tell me what are the what's the production today or say you're a customer support executive and you say okay tell me my top 3 burning issues you know so you're mm. you're anyway you're on the phone and now you don't need to be uh, you know you just ask what is required uh, of that and you get the answers back to you in a conversational way so i think conversational ai and voice so those are my two big bets yeah what do you pratima i'm going to say exactly what nikolat said social media i mean you have to be on social media now that things are going to get remote for some time um i think the internet makes the world a smaller place i think you can connect with so many people just the fact that all of us are connecting right i mean um it's just it's just really um interesting to see how you can make use of any small feature now i'm i mean videos might not work mm. for you maybe lives are working for you maybe just stories mm. are working for you you know there are just so many things in every platform community building facebook groups facebook groups are so huge but if this i think they require next level aggression but uh, social listening of course i mean and then i mean i would say social media and instagram for sure um twitter in india i am you know i mean i have uh, i have a love hate relationship with twitter but i feel youtube i mean if i could i i'm trying to yeah. in fact i'm taking this time to understand um videos and if i figure out youtube then why not it's just that usually yeah. the budgets for youtube are a lot more so i mean but but there's no harm in you know trying things out but social media for sure and i want to quickly add and i loved i loved fortima's points there um i think it's also important for brands to remember that video doesn't have to be overly produced right now in fact yes. like yes. we're seeing a ton of smartphone uh videos that are being taken we're seeing a ton of um even execs uh mm. using using this time to work on their um 
personal media, personal social media branding, it's huge. Like uh, I was reading an article that, why am I blanking on the person's name? There was an exec at the infatuation, which is a travel um, focused uh, media uh, organization that has been really huge on TikTok. Now that's just TikTok, but there's tons of other things that if you're not comfortable with TikTok, you can look to LinkedIn. I mean, I've seen yeah. people do uh, lives on there. I've seen people writing articles on there. I've seen people pivoting and figuring out, you know, just writing new content about the things that you're already an expert in. Mm -hmm. uh, not reinventing the wheel, but testing kind of to Pratima's point. Right now is a great time to be testing yeah. the content types and also what platforms make sense you know not all social media platforms may make sense for your brand um for some you know twitter is great for others it's not facebook groups to pratima's point are wonderful i have one for my travel community it's been an amazing way to keep connected and to hear from people what you know they're working on what they're tr struggling with um and kind of get people to collaborate which i think is a really mm. important thing to be thinking about right now as well yeah and, and uh, just to add to that uh, sorry Yogesh, uh, to yeah, your, yeah, that's fine. Uh, this uh, lockdown conversation uh, I mean this whole uh, like project itself is uh, probably a best uh, testimony to what Pratima and Nicolette are saying because yeah. I mean, this is definitely not to profit uh, but uh, the the way we are going ahead with this uh, I mean we have a YouTube channel we have uh, like a Twitter account, we have Instagram, we have everything in place. Uh, so essentially, this is what uh, brands can uh, like venture into. Uh, I mean, and think of uh, think of uh, adding value to their communities, uh, to the industry overall. And I think you know, just being agile in the way you think, and then you know, as as Nicolette was saying, it's not about overtly producing something, but as long as it is authentic, as long as it is user generated. Yeah. And, you know, um, it has got empathy in it. And as long as you can release it fast, I think, you know, it's important instead of sort of investing three months into producing a video that nobody will watch. On that point, I'll come to Chetan in terms of, you know, uh, what would be your big, big bet, big pick? Right. Uh, yeah, John. So I think conversational AI and voice is uh, a mission for my own product. So I'm very invested there. Uh, but I have two philosophical views. Sorry, Chetan. If you if you if you may uh, switch your video off for a minute, we'd be able to hear you better um, because it seems you know your video and audio are not working yeah. well together. Okay, is that good now? Can hear you. Good, good uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm saying that uh, apart from the conversational AI and voice, yeah, that's that's really our product mission. So um, that's definitely our uh, personal focus there. But apart from that, uh, from a bet, if I had like to take, there is a near term bet and a, a longer term bet I'd like to uh, look at. The mm -hmm. near term is really cashless payments and digital payments. And I think if you've heard of uh, Facebook investment in Geomart, it's basically to enable small businesses to be able to make their orders and get paid on WhatsApp. So I think that's going to revolutionize the entire, uh, you know, how small businesses function. So I think digital payments is, is uh, definitely a big bet uh, in the near term. 
on the longer term i think it's a little more philosophical i think uh, uh, because of this pandemic what's really happened is there's a mindset change happened i think there's a uh, ownership mindset mindset has shifted to renting mindset right. so for example so uh, you know today i think we are all uh, uh, you know uh, privy to the fact that abundance of materialism is not going to be something that's going to be uh, in the future i think people have realized that yeah. human life and uh, uh, livelihood is is not about wealth it's about caring and it's about sharing so i think that is going to imbibe a lot of ownership a uh, renting mindset so so what i mean is uh, the amazon example of a cloud based solution so uh, today as a business i am renting a amazon cloud and i am actually utilizing the the service based on my need so my mm. if my business gets a large load my servers at amazon automatically scale up so mm. i am going to think today i have a 4 gb laptop but i need an 8 gb to work on a photoshop can i rent that offline on the internet rather than having a device to be upgraded i think that's nice. the philosophy i'm i'm trying to look at and i think the the, the renting and so subscription economy as a technology is, is my bet i think that converts sort of you know kind of office as a service kind of a model Absolutely. i don't know if if, if anybody has come up with that term at all but uh, that's what we are moving at isn't it like long term 12 month 36 month contract probably gone and you might actually you know take your team out for a for a great day at a resort or a, or a, or a nice place uh, in a month and say you know maybe you know that's when we come together then we disperse then we come back again next month that sort of a uh sort of you know flux in flux out kind of a model so i think uh, chetan to add to that uh, you know uh, i know this is not the right time to mention china but uh, wechat basically already uh, incorporated it quite some time back and i think uh, although facebook started a little late i'm sure they'll be uber successful now uh, by bringing in uh, integrated payments via whatsapp like functionality because uh, those guys kind of did it uh, quite some time back but i completely agree with you in the short term uh, you know i have seen a lot of people who are actually uh, who want to uh, integrate paypal when they want to accept payments across countries yeah. zoom they uh, they're evaluating zoom and if uh, we are able to provide this kind of a functionality um, you know completely on uh, with you on that you know definitely off for the short term this would be it correct mm. correct Yep so i i think uh, we've got a couple of questions uh maybe which can, uh, i think first is already answered by chetan in yes. his you know uh, so that was more around will we ever go back to the, yeah. the uh, always working in the office model okay. and chetan is quite yeah. said that you know i think the future looks like you'd probably be much shorter uh, you know office office rental contracts which means yeah will will be working out more uh, working more from home um than from offices or at least the technology enabled businesses will um, but the second question also i think prateek yeah so uh, second question is from yuvraj sekar uh, what are the immediate setback and advantages uh, from organize i mean from a organizational level because already decades of gains are lost due to the lockdown long term impact will be large uh, yeah immediate setbacks uh, who wants to take this question so i think yuvraj uh, maybe uh, you joined a little late so if you don't mind i'll take this prateek mm-hmm. yeah go ahead uh, yeah so basically uh, yuvraj a couple of things that we were talking about was 
uh, the first and foremost uh, setback would be, you know, uh, how do you uh, restart your particular business? You know, how quickly you can restart. Uh, it's not going to be just something that, uh, you know, because your entire ecosystem is disrupted. This is not just one industry, uh, all the in touch points of that. So if you take retail, your logistics is hit, your, uh, you know, the entire ecosystem is hit. So one of the immediate setback is what is the time taken to get back to BAU, to get back to business yeah. as usual. So that is an immediate uh, setback. And, uh, you know, uh, one way of kind of uh, fixing that particular setback is to figure out uh, what are the kind of things that you can, where are the areas you can incorporate digital uh, and see, you know, how you can actually turn this, uh, you know, these bits, these gaps that uh, were always there in your business, but now have come to light because of the fact that, you know, because of COVID. So one of the ways to kind of turn this into an advantage is to see if you can plug those small gaps. So the uh, case that I gave of this restauranter, uh, who did not have digital payments, who did not have, uh, uh, you know, logistics uh, kind of incorporated, who did not have, uh, uh, you know, the ability to kind of serve their customers, uh, you know, accept things digitally. Uh, now they have kind of plugged those gaps. And as a result of that, uh, I think when they come out of the lockdown, they're going to come out much stronger because now they have given a whole new set of uh, services which they brought into their uh, existing business. So I think the biggest setback would be this, how quickly do businesses come into uh, come back to normal and uh, how can, uh, what are the small, very small pivots, digital pivots that they can incorporate in various yes. gaps and then see, you know, um, how quickly they can get this form. So yeah, but definitely agree with you. Long-term impact will be large, but there will be a whole bunch of people uh, to, you know, kind of uh, make sure that they're going to uh, come out from this far stronger, you know, and uh, I definitely see all, all of us here who are in, on this forum as people like that, because we are already considering yeah. it. Right? So just so a, a follow-on from, you know, John, I think just a follow-on from that, um, is that what what about the businesses that can't really work from home so much so for businesses that won't won't sort of you know have the ability to have most of their staff working from home how do you manage that situation for hospitals manufacturing chemical industry so on and so forth right uh, so one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm sure Chetan would have also worked on, I have also worked on uh, in my earlier tenure, is uh, the degree of automation in industries today is uh, growing by leaps and bounds. And after COVID, right, you're going to see the extent of automation is going to just go exponentially mm -hmm. higher, right? And we're going to be, see, because I think finally, uh, you know, that philosophical point that Chetan also made, we're going to understand that people are meant for people things, right? They're meant for human things. We're not made for taking a hammer and uh, hitting a nail for eight hours a day. We're not made for that. You know, we're creative human beings. We're, we're conscious beings. Uh, that is left, well left to a machine. 
uh, or to a robot. So I think one of the things that we're going to see is, uh, you know, as you see, drones already are doing very well in logistics and we're hoping uh, self-driving cars actually, uh, you know, comes faster to India than later. Uh, and a whole bunch of things that was just uh, science fiction up to about, you know, five to 10 years back is yeah. pretty much reality. And I'm saying the adoption is going to go uh, exponentially higher because now we have a reason, right? So I think uh, that is one thing that is going to happen. And I'm sure the next evolution of the workforce also is going to be accordingly, you know, mm. keeping in mind this evolution that we're going to be having on this. Yeah, so that's, that's my two cents. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which brings me, I mean, I, I had this uh, in my mind, uh, like in terms of like asking question to any, like anyone can take this, uh, like how important uh, it is right now. Uh, and then Nicolette and Prathima did touch upon uh, like the community aspect of it. Uh, let's say collaborating and like partnering with, let's say fellow uh, industry members or, or uh, mm -hmm. competitors even uh, to, to kind of uh, do something together, uh, take an initiative, uh, or even uh, collaborate with someone, let's say, like a government uh, or or local uh, whatever business community in, in that sense. So, like, uh, how do you see that pan out? Uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 anyone can take this point, I might say something as simple as because you touched on collaborating even with competitors or um, other businesses. I would highlight maybe collaborating at this time with a business that has um, a similar brand value or similar, uh, so yeah, so similar values, but different audience. Mm. And what comes to mind is kind of a silly example, but uh, Taco Bell did that collaboration years ago with Doritos on the, I forget the name of the, the specific taco at this point, but it was like a brilliant collaboration in the sense of, they're in a similar space, right? But they have different audiences, yet they're trying to do something together. So something along that line, that may be maybe a silly example of one, but that's one that comes to mind. Um, doing some kind of a collaboration with a like business that has, um, I, with a competitor would probably be tricky because then you might have some audience overlap. Yeah. Um, but with a brand that has um, similar interests or you can tap into their audience in a way that you can't currently do with your own audience, if that makes sense. And, and maybe Pratima uh, has, has another example of how that might work in the fitness space, but that's kind of what comes to mind for me. Um, in fitness, yeah. In fact, in fitness, I'm liking the way the whole fitness community is coming together right now because um, in any other, you know, normal scenario, we're all like competitors, but now everyone's coming together to support each other. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm honestly loving what the fitness community is doing. In fact, fitness and nutrition. So if someone's just been a nutritionist and yeah. there's someone who's been these guys who are coming together. It's, it's been, I mean, at least the, the people I know, the community that I'm in, in terms of fitness, it has only grown. And I think people are, and people are now getting excited, even if they never cared about fitness, they didn't care about eating clean, they just want to know what's happening. And I think that mm -hmm. in itself is such a big, um, you know, change from, oh, okay, 
this guy is fit and you know we don't want to know what he does also pratik um, i i i don't want to play uh, you know the you know the negative role here but you know one of the things uh, the flip sides right of what you're talking about of uh, competitors collaborating and uh, you know getting together um, you know usually when that happens right they tend to you know build a stranglehold on a particular industry case in point the opec right uh, oil for the longest time Uh, that's what they did right they all got together and they said guys we have it all you know let's now work on everything right and the global economy after the 70s as soon as the america got in and said that they're going to trade dollars for petrol and uh, you you know you had a very different environment and if you remember at that time it was quite bad right mm. so keeping that in mind usually collaborating with your competitors is not always necessarily a good thing because it tends to uh, kill uh, you know uh, any other new uh, sort of uh, initiative so i don't know if you uh, i know of the saying in india it's quite popular you know that, that nothing grows under the banyan tree right mm. but it is one of the biggest trees uh, it gives a lot of shade uh, you know it's it's wonderful right but you will never find anything growing under it because it can't you know it it makes sure that it kills everything under it. so uh, i'm sorry to give a sort of a negative example but uh, you know definitely i didn't mean to rain on your parade it's just that uh, this is something that has happened before and uh, is a very good chance of it happening again but i completely agree with nicolette and pratima about how uh, like industries where uh, you know you have complementary supplementary yes. definitely think that's going to happen that's the word i was using miss sort of you know adjacent <laughs> sectors that can work together um, and okay. and sort of you know amplify each other's reach as well as audience i think you know that's the key so you got a fitness expert work, working with with a nutrition expert and then um, in large sort of you know telecommunications companies at least we know that a lot of the location data etc is shared with companies that can use it appropriately and i use the word appropriately because the then the causes for the societal benefit as such and so wherein you know you'll find these complementary uh, complementary nature of purposes if you work together that sort of you know helps you broaden your outlook and your reach and utility to the society as a, as a whole i think nice very uh, absolutely so uh pratik there's somebody else who was kind of asked okay supendra so i think there was a question on voice seo and the ai of ux would evolve with social media marketing so i think i'll leave that to nicolette i'd probably uh talk about just the voice ui so pendra thanks for joining um so your question is specific to uh, how is voice seo going to um, you know evolve i'm assuming you meant evolve in the future now uh, google uh, i don't know if you realize google as of 2018 uh has redone its entire uh you know uh, logic its entire algorithms to support mobile first only okay uh this is as of 2018 and as of 2019 they also updated it to make sure that they have started supporting voice in a very big way so as on date if you want to do seo uh google already allows you to build your search 
uh, you're optimizing your search via voice. So it allows you to like how a traditional sitemap you use to create, generate an XML sitemap. It allows you to do AMP for mobile devices and it also allows you to do this for voice. And apart from all of that, which I'm sure Chetan already knows about, is building voice journeys uh, for different platforms, like say uh, you take your Alexa voice services or you take the Google Assistant, whatever the case might be, uh, the voice, uh, voice journey, so to speak, is the next evolution of the voice SEO, which is just searching. So uh, this actually sits on top of Google's nearby uh, uh, you know, uh, service. So as somebody is passing by and says, uh, hey, uh, hey, Google, uh, tell me which is the best curry place mm. around, right? So it picks up your uh, local, this thing, and only if you have optimized for voice, will it start pulling it. Or what Google does is it, it checks to see if you're optimized for mobile, and then it shows the result. Uh, I would, uh, I would uh, strongly ask you to do this. Uh, take your phone out, uh, go to keep your laptop open, uh, search for something, you will see uh, three different searches coming from your laptop, your mobile yes. device, and your Google Assistant if you put it up and then search for it. So yeah. uh, I think the exception is that, right? So uh, definitely that is going to weigh in a lot of mobile and voice. So which is why I'm incidentally betting very big. I'm right there with Chetan saying, you know, Let's do this. <laughs> Gentlemen and ladies, I think, you know, as lovely as been. Chetan, you want to add, add a final word? And I was just adding a, a one second, half a second point to what John said. Uh, one of yes. the things about the voice that Google and Alexa are doing is they are actually converting uh, the voice on real-time basis to text using voice-to-text mm -hmm. AI. And that's being used for the SEO machine learning at the back end. Mm -hmm. All right, that's about it. Yes. Perfect. 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 I think, you know, we, we hate to do this, uh, but I'm going to ask Pratik <laughs> to do the difficult job. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, uh, no, this, this is great. Uh, uh, we still have like a lot of questions, but uh, uh, we are running out of time. And then this is, uh, uh, yeah, we had to come to this uh, point. Uh, where, yeah, I mean, this has been a great uh, conversation. Uh, we, we obviously, uh, there, there is a clear unbundling uh, that happened today where we saw like how we can uh, really uh, revitalize the businesses in terms of uh, like uh, increasing the engagement, uh, building communities, changing the message. Uh, I mean, uh, talking about different technologies like AI uh, and, and machine learning uh, and how voice can really be the future so yeah, I mean, it was it was great uh, to to kind of uh, uh, I mean ha have this uh, unpacked uh, in in a way, and uh, I'm I'm uh, really hoping that uh, the audience uh, I mean is is uh, yeah has has taken some great points uh, today. So with that, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank everyone, uh, uh, Nicolette, John, uh, Chetan, uh, and Pratima who uh, who had to leave uh, for joining in today, uh, and Yogesh, uh, and this this was uh, great this episode. Uh, will be uploaded on uh, YouTube uh, soon. Search for Lockdown Conversations on YouTube. That's uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining in again. Keep inspiring. Uh, stay safe. Stay, uh, I mean, and, and have, have a great time. Thank you.